We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. players to target between round six and eight in your dynasty leagues whether that is startups which we'll be focusing on today or bringing these thoughts into your dynasty league and hell if you're playing a redraft or, or best ball you can use these same thoughts as to the players who are undervalued as we look to get the most out of those adps as well that's what we're going to do on today's show sean as we kick it off today though i do want to mention depending on where and when people are listening to this depending on the time zone they're in depending on when they have got up this show will go out early wednesday morning people may listen to this right i'm always amazed at how soon some people get back in touch with some of the thoughts on the the podcast once they are released these usually come out around you know 6 7 a.m eastern on a wednesday morning so people may have had it around breakfast time but you will be doing some drafting around that time in your time zone and that is with peter overzet over on peter's youtube channel i'll put a link in that in today's show notes but you'll be drafting live with him over at underdog fantasy he will be drafting as well as he will be doing each and every wednesday with um our good buddy pat corain before that so a kind of back-to-back two of the best guys in the entire industry drafting along with the third best guy in the entire industry i'll add that in there for for pete himself but check that out if you haven't checked already but i know sean you're very excited to draft with him on wednesdays along through kind of the summer months here so that is coming up on wednesday make sure you check that out it will be available as an audio podcast as well if you're interested some people love the video side of things some people rather just take it on the audio side so it will be available on the road of his best ball podcast feed as well to get that on thursday it's usually going to be a couple of hours to potentially the next morning when you get that on that podcast feed but that is coming up the other thing sean is the road of his OT listener leagues. We are looking to fill those up. Lots of interest. People coming in wanting to draft against myself and yourself over at the FFPC in the $125 tournament and the $35 best ball tournament. So if you are interested, reach out to myself on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or send an email across at OvertimeIreland at gmail.com. We'll be trying to get those set up over the next week or two, but lots of interest. They are, you know, we, we try and fit everyone into these, Sean. We can't always promise that, but these ones are, are filling up pretty fast. So we'll have probably do one of our, our random special drawings to see who comes out for these one. But that is my plugs out of the way here to kick things off. Sean, how are you feeling today as we get ready to look at some of these mid-round targets? 
Good, good. And uh, let me just, you have me so fired up for our Dynasty League. We'll have some more reanimators episodes in the near future. So continue to send in your questions related to rebuilding, reloading, two slightly different things. But we're looking at the, the reanimators for Dynasty teams. We've had a lot of fun with that series. Colm, thank you for the kind words about the show with Pat and Pete. There are so many great analysts and personalities in the industry that I don't know if, if top three is necessarily fair, but we certainly have very... Uh, 99th percentile. Uh, and we love Pat and Pete, so definitely check them out. They are worthy of all of that praise. It does help, and anybody who is interested in the audio side. It helps us quite a bit if you subscribe to that Rotoviz best ball feed. Colin, there's a potential that we'll have a separate feed for that show uh, with Pete at some point. We may move it to Wednesdays in terms of the release. Some of those things are still up in the air, but we appreciate everybody who has been listening in or who listened to the first episode. We're going to have lots of underdog best ball content on the site. As you are listening to this episode, Blair Andrews should have his round by round targets which is a really important way to start your process as you're looking through this. You want to know the players where the exposure levels will be really high in order to kind of build back from that column. You and I talk about drafting in reverse. Knowing your player targets is another you know, similar type of example of that when we're thinking about underdog. You're going to build out all of those stacks and correlation plays, but to do that, you still want that to be centered around the guys that you want exposure to. So you really need to know that first and work back from that as you then think about who you're going to draft early, set up all of those things. We talked about underdog being kind of puzzle drafting. We love that part of it. Check out Blair's article. The underdog article that UNITs last week is up on the site and have had some really good, interesting feedback from that. It's the five components to supercharge an elite QB build. So that is there for you. Yeah, Colin, let's let's dive into and Sean. I did say all my plugs were out of the way, but I think when you're mentioning some of the content that's up on the website, no better time than the present to mention that code RV Radio twenty twenty three to get yourself that ten percent discount. Ten percent discount to the one year subscription, Colin. We should also mention that the prices are probably going to go. There will be an email, a letter, what have you, to subscribers, letting them know about that so they can get in ahead of that price rise i mean one of the unfortunate things about the last several years in the world is that things have gotten more expensive but yeah get in there before that happens and you'll get those great prices on the sub and colin we've we've waited too long let's get into it who, who are we looking at here when we're talking about dynasty startup values and specifically in the rv triflex format but as we mentioned frequently, but we do want to make sure that we are letting new listeners know and, and understand kind of what we're talking about here. The RV Triflex format is a perfect format to discuss because it is so similar to all of the other startup leagues that are also taking place. Let's dive in. Yeah, so we're looking round six through rounds eight, and there is going to be some players, Sean, that may not be mentioned by ADP that you may want to highlight because based on your rankings, they might even be in round five, for example, because they may be earlier than they are by ADP. But we're going to start off, go running backs, then wide receivers, tight ends, to look at who the players that we would be targeting are. So starting things out with running back, we have running back 
14 is Nick Chubb, then Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, DeAndre Swift, followed up by Rashad White, Derek Henry, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, and Zach Chabernet. But what I'm going to mention here is specifically James Cook, who is the running back 27 in the middle of the ninth round. And I'm going to get Sean. doesn't have to be James Cook, but <laughs> it, it may well be. Who are some of the names in there? And we're not really going to go into the players today to completely avoid. It's going to be the players that are vastly different between where you have them ranked and where they are currently going by ADP. Who is undervalued? Who is the prime targets? So Damian Harris is a player that we like. He's a player who probably would be getting even more attention if he hadn't struggled so badly with injuries last year with the Patriots. But I do think that it's interesting that James Cook was a very trendy player last year as a rookie going into a situation where he was going to share time with Devin Singletary, who, as we mentioned you know, very consistently, is someone who has elite peripherals from a broken tackle and a forced missed tackle perspective. People loved him. Cook, that is. When he was competing with Singletary, they don't like him as much now that he's moving into his second year where we really might expect a player with his profile to break out, right? So James Cook was a good, not great collegiate prospect. And, and definitely there should be emphasis on the not great part. And so one of the things we're thinking here is, well, people may now just kind of be letting that sink in after there was all the enthusiasm about him when the Bills overdrafted him as a running back the previous year. So people have come to terms with the fact that he was probably overdrafted. And so maybe his ADP makes some sense. I would argue the flip side of that, which is that the Bills made this commitment to him, even if it was a reach. And because of that, when you have someone who is a good, not great prospect, but that the team liked and wanted to make an impact, going into year two is more where you should expect him to break out if he can. The other element of it is that he's going to be the big play back for this team. He is likely to be the receiving back for this team. The Bills have talked a lot about having Josh Allen not run quite as much. And Damian Harris is not someone who is going to block an ascending electric player. Now, I very specifically didn't say star because, again, we don't really think that James Cook is that level of player. But even at the level that we think that he probably is, Damian Harris is not the kind of player who would block him. So you really need to expect Harris to take a lot of the work between the 20s and the goal line touches to have Cook down where he actually is by ADP. The thing that you're looking at, and, and Cook is one of these names who I really do think is relevant in those other formats you discussed as well, where because he's not a star, I don't have him as an extremely high exposure player, but there is a meaningful gap between my ranking and his ADP and all formats. And so I do add him in when he's one of the guys who is slipping at any point, I, I love the potential that he gives you for big plays and high scoring weeks. There are going to be some listeners who are thinking that does actually work a little better in best ball. That's where I want him. But when you have a younger player and cook, not super young, he doesn't get to the NFL at 
a really young age, but still young enough to where if he has a good season this year and is in that Bills offense. I mean, the other thing that is just a little bit strange is that we have guys like Gabe Davis consistently overdrafted because he's in the Bills offense, and yet their running backs have been punished. Well, there are reasons for that. And yet when you look about you, one of the things that Ben talks about from time to time on stealing bananas is this idea of situation regression. And I think that when you are looking at a team like the bills and working through in your mind, the different scenarios that could take place in 2023 and in the future and how their team would evolve if they're able to run the ball a little bit better, you do really think that their coaching staff would like that. Now, they are a team that emphasizes analytics. They're not going to all of a sudden become a run-heavy team when you understand that's not the best way to win and when you have Josh Allen. But if you have an explosive team and you think a little bit more along the lines of a Philadelphia Eagles where you're taking guys in that Miles Sanders range, but then also players lower like a Kenneth Gainwell or a Boston Scott, and they have meaningful individual game upside i mean james cook could be the miles sanders of 2023 especially when you look at his age and what that means for you in the future from a trade value perspective i think that you want to get some exposure and again as we talked about on the show on monday you're not going to be targeting at my ranking you're going to be targeting him just above his adp which is a lot less expensive yeah that's almost a, a three round gap he's going in your ranking, Sean, mid-sixth round or late sixth round, and in this case, actually, uh, at the 6'10", at running back 16, and then by ADP, where he's going is, is running back 27 in the middle of the ninth round. So there's quite a difference there, and that's why I mentioned when we were going through rounds 6 through 8, he's technically not in those rounds in ADP, but is very much in those rounds in Sean's rankings. Sean, in terms of other running backs, is there anyone else the stands out they're not going to have as much of a shift, I don't think, and where they are by ADP as much of a target. But Cook is somebody, I think, again, if you're looking to trade for him in your dynasty league, I do think that from league to league, it may be easier to acquire him than maybe you think with the, the perception of him at this current moment in time. But any other running backs standing out for you? Well, I'm always a little bit more willing to take a risk on players who have dealt with injury than perhaps the community is overall and one of the reasons for that has been this sort of long-term now emphasis on zero rb as it relates to redraft as it relates to best ball and as it relates to building and dynasty now one of the things we've discussed with perpetual reloading is that it can put you in a position to actually have an incredible amount of running back value and when i published the article recently looking at how we had approached rookie drafts in all six of the rv triflex leagues and then you look at those individual rosters it's shocking how much running back firepower there is on those teams but that's the result of multiple years of perpetual reloading and what it does for you it allows you to create a better than the best possible team and give you these weapons at all positions one of the things that we're looking at at the running back position and one of the things that you and i are looking at in their team we took over as an orphan is how do we get that running back scoring into the teams in the short term to where we have league winning upside but the costs don't reflect that 
we've got to be able to do it on the cheap. And so one of the things that we have found in zero RB over time is that you have to take some risks on the elite talents who are momentarily discounted because of injury. So the guys that I'm looking at that I think are star talents because of things they've done at the NFL level, this isn't saying, oh, you know, when they were a sophomore in college four or five years ago, they were good and now they're not. Oh, they could be again. That'd be a little bit more the argument for Chuba, which is somebody that we draft at the end of most drafts, but the price is very different. We're talking about J.K. Dobbins. He's a guy who at the NFL level has been the most dynamic running back on a per play basis. He's that guy who can get you six yards per attempt. He's somebody who came back last year, clearly wasn't right, wasn't able to finish the long runs. And yet even without being able to finish the long runs was still among the four or five most electric running backs in the entire NFL. You want to add him onto your teams. The shelf life of running backs is short enough that it's going to be harder to do what we talk about there where you play him and then trade him but the production that you're going to get in the short term i mean i just i'm so worried about the different receiving options in baltimore this year and yet if there's a guy who benefits in a big way from what they want to do it should be jk dobbins and so we get him in there. Javante Williams column just before we started recording today, there were some news reports that he's actually going to practice a little bit in OTAs. That doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be ready for the beginning of the season, but Javante Williams, one of those guys that we're taking a risk on in all formats because he was basically what people want Bijan Robinson to be. That's what Javante Williams already was before he got hurt at the beginning of last season you get the you get that type of profile at these prices and you get it within an offense where sean payton has been a wizard in terms of what he does for fantasy scoring at the position it's going to be different he's got russell wilson instead of drew Brees. <laughs> those are two very different guys in terms of how the quarterback play will translate into fantasy scoring but i really like that situation there and then, I mean, obviously, DeAndre Swift is going to be himself, which is one of the two or three most dynamic players at that position in the entire NFL. He was a light machine for the Lions, and now he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. Question on Swift. Would you rather him in Detroit or in Philadelphia? I'm going to say Philadelphia because the floor there is so high. The chances that that team implodes on offense compared to the Lions. I mean, these are pretty similar teams last year, really. I mean, Jerry Goff led an absolute juggernaut. Jamal Williams was obviously the huge beneficiary of that, where he got an almost infinite number <laughs> of goal line touches. And yet, when you think forward, the Eagles are much safer. Their running backs are going to score a lot of points. The regret that you have there is that he does move from a team where if they had committed to swift as the guy and very clearly they were not going to do that they signed montgomery and then they draft a guy in the top 15 that tells you where they were on swift there was no chance they were going to commit to him but i do regret the fact that he moves to a team where his receiving numbers 
almost certainly are capped in a way that they wouldn't be in a lot of other offenses. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Moving on, Sean, to wide receiver and, and some kind of a similar theme, looking at round six through eight and where players are going. So we start off that round with Jamison Williams. Then we go into Debo Samuel, that is wide receiver 25, 26, then George Pickens, Chris Godwin, Jahan Dodson, Brandon Ayuk, Zay Flowers, Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, Calvin Ridley back from suspension, Christian Kirk, his teammate in Jacksonville, and then Amari Cooper and Rashad Bateman. So when we talked about the other rounds, much heavier in terms of the wide receiver positions going, but which wide receivers in that range standing out the most for you so Colin when we're looking at these wide receivers the thing that jumps out to me is that the entire position I have ranked about a round ahead of where it is by ADP and so one of the things that I talked about last season and put an article out on is that I did a startup where I didn't have a good pick Right, you start out with the 111. So you're outside of that tier one group to start with, which is, I mean, it's very frustrating, but it is the way things work. You don't always get a great pick. I mean, the people who have picks in the top five, I mean, <laughs> their team is worth so much more than yours right when you start. And again, I mean, that's very frustrating because you now have an uphill battle for the first several years, but you don't just capitulate and say, well, I got a bad pick, so I'm not going to be good. 
you've got to figure out novel ways to address that. This league also didn't want to trade. And so you couldn't simply move back the way that we talk about and get a lot of first, second, third round picks for the future years. So you're thinking, well, I've got a bad pick. Nobody wants to trade with me. What do I do here? What I did was select a lot of young wide receivers and lock in all of that value where there is a mild structural flaw in ADP overall. And so you're getting more value than those picks should be worth. Then in the Triflex format, and this is something we mentioned from time to time, but if you want to have the 101, you need a team that is good enough to win the backdraw. So miss the playoffs, the team wins the backdraw, gets Bijan Robinson. So now you have Robinson, one of the trades in season last year was for Jalen Hurts. So now you're set. You've got Hurts, you've got Robinson, you've got these young wide receivers. You're going to add more young wide receivers. You have the team built exactly the way you want. So that's the first thing that really jumps out to me when we're talking about wide receivers in this range is that, I mean, this is the wide receiver sweet spot. Make sure that you load up there. Don't blow your value on other positions unless you're trading down and getting those other positions at an extreme discount. But specific guys who really jump out. Chris Godwin, I have wide receiver 20. He's going at wide receiver 28. If Baker Mayfield plays just even so-so this coming season, Chris Godwin is going to be fantastic. People are going to try and figure out like how he could have possibly made it to wide receiver 28. He's one of the 10 best receivers in the NFL, and he's still kind of in that peak window where you could actually play him a little bit and then trade him. That's a no-brainer there. George Pickens I have as the wide receiver 18. He's going at wide receiver 27. That could be one where I'm wrong right and it could be one where i'm wrong in all formats and yet i do want to have exposure to the steelers i think that pickens and deontay johnson are going to both bounce back this year with pickens it's not so much a bounce back as it would be a fuller or a continuation of his breakout where in training camp last year in the preseason games and then you look at what he did early on some of those catches that go on highlight reels and what will always be on highlight reels if he can go out in year two and actually command targets at a better rate that's one of the things that christian watson who we mentioned on the previous show something he actually did in the second half of last season whereas george pickens that's the area where you look at him and say i mean he's got to be able to go out there and convince pickett to throw him the ball instead of deontay johnson and pat fryermuth guys where i mean they're going to have a lot of sweat I mean, deontay johnson wants you to throw in the ball every play he needs to be more dynamic with that. But the Steelers is an offense that we expect to take a step forward. And so every player within that group is mildly undervalued. You get that there. And the player that, again, you target is the one who, if he takes the step, then next year you're looking at a gigantic win in terms of trade value. So he would be a guy that you're looking at in there. Debo Samuel is someone who have him ranked a couple spots ahead of where he's going positionally, which also then means obviously that it's, you know, around round and a half in terms of where he's going price wise overall. Jamison Williams, an interesting player where I actually have him ranked a little bit below his spot in terms of at the position, but gives you still that same kind of value overall. He's a guy where, I mean, the Lions have been trying to pump him up now after they criticized him, after the gambling element where he has the suspension. They're taking it from the other side now, we'll say. 
let's make sure this guy knows we love him, that we think that he's going to be good. Column, you and I have a lot of Williams. We're not necessarily looking to get additional shares, but if you have shares of Williams, now is not the time to sell unless you're getting a really good value on that. If the opposing manager wants to give you multiple rounds of excess value, you can take that. But then the other player, and again, looking at offenses in their entirety where we think they could take a step forward. Jahan Dotson, somebody who is going at wide receiver 29. That's the 702. I have him at the wide receiver 26, which puts him at the 512 in my rankings. Dotson, like Pickens, a player with a very, very wide range of outcomes. If you're taking him in a startup, you want it to be within this context of having moved down, picked up some additional trade value for the future. You want to have a lot of wide receivers and be willing to miss on a player or two in order to have that youth and upside overall. But Dotson, a player who in this new offense that the commanders will be running in 2023 with Sam Howell taking the reins and being at least in an upside scenario, a huge upgrade on what they have had for a while. It may not be this season, but if everything goes to plan for the commanders, Dotson will jump Terry McLaurin. I mean, it could happen very soon. One of the things that happens with year two receivers and one of the reasons why those players are and have been the cheat code in fantasy is that people always think, well, sometime in year three, they're going to really make their move or they're going to make their move, but it's going to be this consistent move uphill. You know, so they gain on the receiver ahead of them. They gain on the receiver ahead of them. If you're looking at it, not from a team perspective, but from an ADP perspective, you're like, they're going to make this gradual climb and eventually we'll get up there. That does happen. But the other thing that happens is they make the leap. And so Dotson, somebody that I would probably expect to move ahead of Terry McLaurin in mid-2024, but it could happen week one this year. You want to have exposure there. He's the guy who, despite some red flags in his prospect profile, and they were definitely there, but there was so much dynamism in how he came out instantly. And that's one of the things that you really kind of want to see. When he was the guy who was the best of these rookie receivers in OTAs last year, was great in the preseason, goes out at the NFL level with terrible quarterback play and scores touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He's another guy who needs to draw more targets. He's another guy who needs to stay healthy. If he had been healthy all through his rookie season, there's no way you would get this current price. If people weren't selling the offense and selling the quarterback play, there was no way you would get this price. And so that helps us because we don't have to pay the price that's based on Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy actually being good. We can get a price based on them busting. That price will help us if they do bust because you're more or less a wash. But if things do work out, then you're going to get a guy who's a big time impact player. Yeah, you can definitely, and that's a, a good point as well. You know, at those prices, you can kind of absorb those impacts um, as your team tries to progress. There's some mistakes that that may take you a little bit uh, longer to dig out of that hole. But I'm very, very interested in Dodson this year. I think he's severely undervalued, and I, I'm looking forward to that. I guess full, healthy, true breakout season and, and that second year leap happening here so hopefully that is the case hopefully we get that sam howell second year leap to go along with it that would be pretty pretty special but as we close things up episode 599 i did just have a look as we were recording there are 195 reviews on apple Podcasts for this podcast 
we are five away from 200. I have mentioned it a few times, but this time as a gift for us before episode 600, if you haven't dropped a review on Apple Podcast before, please head on over and do so. Maybe there's other people in your house with uh, Apple devices. Head on over to their device and, and beg them, make them... In Ireland, what you would do is you would make them a cup of tea. I don't know where people are listening to this, but do something nice for somebody. Take their device and write a five-star review. We would really appreciate that. But that is going to close us out, and we will be back on Friday with another show. Again, as I mentioned at the start, if you're interested in playing in those listener leagues, let me know on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or OvertimeIreland at gmail.com. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.